Hello, I'm Nicola Foley, and this is the Let's Talk About podcast. This podcast is one of three, and I'm going to be talking to Demi, who is a friend of mine who also has ADHD, and we're going to start off talking about her journey of how she thought she might have it, how she got diagnosed. Then we're going to move on in the second podcast to what it's like living with ADHD, specifically being a female living with ADHD. And in the third and final podcast, we're going to talk about some of the help groups that we attend and some of the ways that we've learned to manage this condition. So I hope you find all this interesting and helpful. Hi, Demi. So basically, last time... Uh, we recorded a podcast I think it was September last year <laughs> so yeah, it's been seven months know. and you were turning 30 and you're now 30 oh my gosh <laughs> I've got a low blow yeah yeah <laughs> you, you, low blow. <laughs> you mentioned in that podcast that you were turning 30 that's where I did oh I did it you okay. did. Yeah. In, in March you said at the time I really listened yeah. so uh, in the first podcast we spoke about you um figuring out that you had ADHD and then trying to get a a diagnosis and what that journey was like so this podcast is more about life after diagnosis and how you are finding that and sort of we're just gonna have a brief chat about that okay um yeah so I'm still finding it confusing I think like I, I don't know if I mentioned before but like I was probably quite naive in terms of thinking I'll get my diagnosis and then everything will be better and it'll yeah. all go and I'll get a diagnosis and then I'll get medication and it'll treat the ADHD and I won't have ADHD anymore and that just didn't happen <laughs> um so I still have ADHD still experiencing a lot of the same problems um that I had but not maybe to the same extreme um and yeah, like after diagnosis, I would say the biggest thing that comes after that is like knowledge and understanding, knowledge that leads to understanding. And so a big part of like, since being diagnosed has been, um, well, there was a big time period where like I tried some meds and they didn't work. So then I just gave up on meds and didn't really seek any further help um, until like, I did eventually seek a tiny bit of help in the form of like occupational therapy, which was quite useful, but then COVID happened and that stopped. You know, when you you got diagnosed, were you given leaflets or a support group you could go to or any help or were you offered anything or just medication? Nothing, just medication. Right. Yeah. So like, I didn't really understand what ADHD was, I don't think. I think- They didn't even give you any information or websites or- to find no, out no I was just um yeah no nothing um I think I, I just kind of looked up like a kind of symptoms list online and kind of resonated a lot with it and then got diagnosed and then was offered right away like okay these are the types of meds that can help put on the meds um noticed a bit of a difference like with some of them like I remember distinctively like keeping a little journal and like like that brief wee bit of writing each day of how the meds were making me feel like oh I'm getting a bit of a dry mouth or oh my appetite's like suppressed um 
and maybe the biggest thing was like, oh, I think I feel like what a normal person would feel like if they had seven coffees. Right. Um, so that was quite cool. But then there was other kind of side effects that did eventually come up, which were, um, I mean, it's hard to distinguish whether it was the meds at the time or not, because I was also kind of going through a lot of stuff that was PTSD. Right. From childhood. So I was having like really bad night terrors. And, um, and I was like, the meds also made me like really sweaty as well. And I'm already kind of quite a sweaty person. <laughs> so like, there was that and like various kind of heart palpitations, which are quite scary and can make me quite anxious. So I came off one set of meds and I tried another and again, they were like more or less the same, but I was still getting kind of little side effects here and there. And looking back, to be honest, I kind of wish I'd persevered a bit because like they say you have to try these meds for like, I think it's a full month and then you review it every month. Whereas like maybe I, I don't know if I tried some of them for that long or I think I was kind of looking for like a perfect drug. And because they were maybe just slightly not great, I would then tell my psychiatrist about that and then he would be like, all right, well, there's other ones we can try. And he was really good because he was very open to being like, we're going to find the right one for you <laughs> and don't feel bad if there's like side effects that you don't like, because we'll just keep trying until we find the right drug. But then, um, so I think what happened was he put me on a drug and um, it was going quite well. But then I stopped it because um, he had he had mentioned like, oh, you know, like if you do want to stop them, like say you're going on holiday which I was, I was going on holiday with like some of my friends and this was like 2019 and we were going on holiday in August and he was like, you know, if you want to be more fun, you can come off your meds. And he said, and it's also quite hard to travel with these drugs because they're um, stimulants and they're illegal in some countries or you need to have like a, a license, like a, a certificate with them. Because if you're mm -hmm. caught, like, you know, we were going to Italy, it's like you'd get in a lot of trouble if they found that in your, in your suitcase and you didn't have any certificate to go with it. Right. Um, so um, I came off them to go on like a, a week holiday. And before that, my friends had like, because I was living with friends in Glasgow, they had said, oh, you know, you're really quiet. Are you OK? And I was like, yeah, guys, I'm fine. I'm literally just on medication that suppresses my hyperactivity. So I think they kind of noticed that and that had made me kind of feel a bit like, oh, I'm not that fun anymore or you know, I'm not my usual self, my usual kind of chirpy, bubbly, kind of nonsense self. And that's like, my friends are picking up on that. Maybe they're thinking I'm boring. <laughs> um, so I, I came off my meds to go on holiday. And I think just the fact that like, I felt so much more like back to my usual self and I had like a really fun time that I just kind of thought, oh, maybe I don't need these meds. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll just come off the meds. And there was mention of like, occupational therapy maybe I'll just do that and I think I've maybe got to that cocky stage with meds before especially when I've ever like when I've taken an antidepressant uh, like years ago when I was a student um there was quite a big death in my family and I kind of took some antidepressants after that and um I, I think you get to the stage where you go I don't need this drug anymore and then you come off it and then you kind of 
you come crawling back and you're like, okay, I got overconfident because the drug was working. Yeah. Then it makes you think, I don't even need this. I'm invincible. Um, so yeah, like I started the occupational therapy and that went well, which was like, it was kind of more like I, I went in sometimes to the, to the, the hospital, which where the mental health ward was and worked with like a, a specialist, I guess. And she would give me more kind of tests to do to work out exactly where I am on like the ADHD spectrum. And um, she would kind of just ask like what I needed the most help with. And I think I mentioned things that I still have struggle with now, like uh, timekeeping and day prioritizing and task managing and things like that. And she would kind of like give me some tips or try and come up with like things that we could maybe help and give me, she gave me loads of resources on stuff. Um, and she would also phone me quite regularly just to, just to have a chat. Um, and then I kind of let slip one day on the phone that I was like, oh, I've moved back to Glasgow. I'm not living in Fife anymore. Um, because I, because the service had went on hold during lockdown and I'd moved back to Fife in lockdown, I think. I think that, I think this is what had happened. Yeah, I was living in Fife when I got my diagnosis because I got diagnosed at a Fife hospital. And um, that's why I got the occupational therapy with that service because I was living in Fife. And then after lockdown, I moved back to Glasgow and I moved in with some friends like permanently. And I said on the phone like, oh, you know, I've just moved to Glasgow. Life is changing a lot. And she was kind of like, okay, well, now that you're in Glasgow, you can't really be getting a, using a Fife service. Um, Did she so, not refer you, though, to like a service there? Well, she said she was going to, but I wasn't even registered at a doctor's yet in Glasgow. Mm. So I had to like register at a doctor's and then tell that GP, like, oh, you know, I was getting occupational therapy for my ADHD. Can I get that here? And then I was on a huge waiting list. Right. Especially after COVID, waiting lists were just longer in general for everything. Mm -hmm. So because it was such a backlog, so um, that never came to fruition. And actually, um, about a year later, I moved back to Fife, which is where I stay now, because I moved in with my partner. And so, yeah, then I just started the process all over again in Fife, got put back on like a waiting list to get seen for medication for ADHD. Um, and in the meantime, I joined the support group, which is when I met you. And um, fast forward to now where I um about two or three months ago, maybe longer, maybe four months ago, um, I got back to seeing someone about um, so like a year later, basically, I, t I probably had to wait like a whole year. Um, to then see someone about going back on ADHD medication. And I'm on like a non-stimulant now. And um, yeah, uh, I'm not, occupational therapy isn't really a thing for that now where, where I go. Yeah, I've got like a different kind of mental health referral instead for something else um, that's more anxiety, kind of CBT focused. Um, so not really ADHD related, but do you think yeah. the meds have ever like helped you like like um some of the things that you struggle with I mean like most ADHD people sort of starting tasks staying on task and yeah do they help with any of that for you do that is that because I think that's what they give them kids for isn't it to try and help them concentrate in school 
Yeah, so all I've noticed so far with this medication, um, and I've like I've maybe been on it for three months now, and um, we've upped dose like gradually each month, and um, yeah, I think I've noticed <laughs> that um, it definitely makes me just um, I, I'll think about doing something and I'll do it, whereas before I used to think about doing things and just never do it. Right. So I am noticing that I'm able to stay on task a wee bit longer and actually do the things I say I want to do without procrastinating as much. Okay. Um, and they definitely have made me feel a bit calmer um, and just more kind of, yeah, just more focused on what I'm doing instead of taking in all these surroundings and maybe it is it definitely, I even noticed that it, my hyperactivities went down a lot. Right. Um, which sometimes I'm like, oh, I kind of miss. Um, so like, I think even with my speech and my thinking, I've maybe like slowed down a bit. And I now notice, especially if I'm in company of like a group of people, I don't feel the need to be talking all the time or to be like, kind of, you know, I'm maybe saying in my head like, okay, you don't need to talk, you can just listen. Whereas before I would never really have that filter. Um, but that has been kind of strange in a way as well, because that's been like, that's not felt like who I am. <laughs> and that's maybe, I'm like, I was in like a social situation like a week or so ago, I was on like a like a short film and it was a really different experience for me. Cause I think maybe people might have thought I was a bit shy. Mm -hmm. and that's not me and that's not who I am obviously. Um, because I kind of just kept quiet a bit more and just like kind of more than I used to so yeah. yeah it is quite interesting and they do I'm you know I'm kind of willing to keep trying and persevering the only kind of side effect I've had so far is like a dry mouth which isn't a bad thing really because it makes me drink more water which is which is a good thing <laughs> um, <laughs> and um yeah like um maybe like a slight appetite decrease not as much as I used to get with stimulants right I think maybe the reason I'm not eating as much as I used to or thinking about eating as much or going like going longer periods in between meals basically is because maybe I'm more focused and maybe before I would use food to like procrastinate <laughs> um do you think that's down to the fact that the medication is maybe or their understanding of the medication has maybe improved and so it's much more tailored to what you said you needed to kind of do. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think the medication I'm on, not a lot of people try, certainly not first time. I think maybe, so it's a non-stimulant, so I think, um, I don't know if, I don't know if it's anything to do with like your heart rate. I'm not really, I've not really read into it. I don't, I tend not to read too much into meds and how they work because I think if I'm, I'm one of those people that if I read about side effects, then I'll mm -hmm. start believing that I have those side effects. Do they still monitor your blood pressure and stuff on this one? Yeah, they do. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, okay. They take my blood pressure. Um, I didn't need an ECG though, but I did need an ECG for um, when I tried stimulants. Right. So I think from that, I think that's because stimulants affect your, your heart rate. Yeah, they can, yeah. Um, so you need to kind of have a good heart to go on them first. Yeah. And I mean, um, I was a bit 
I was a bit wary about even starting on these medica on this medication because it's it's a kind of different format with with stimulants and when I've taken stimulants in the past they they appeal to me a lot more as someone who isn't on any medication at all like I'm I mean I don't even take paracetamol when I've got like period cramps or anything yeah um I used to be someone that was on a lot of meds and I was on I had like sinus problems when I was younger and I was on I had asthma so I was on medication for my asthma I was on medication for like my sinuses I was on antidepressants anxiety medication and I used to just take so many meds that you know I was thinking like oh you know like I'm quite I'm a young person and I'm putting so much into my body every day and I'm also so much to remember and take um and then I eventually like like it's been it went a few years without really taking anything so like when I started the ADHD meds what appealed to me about them was that the fact that they were only in your system for a day the stimulants right yeah take them in the morning and then by the end of the day they would have worn off and they wouldn't be like they wouldn't build up in your system yeah Whereas this non-stimulant kind of works in the same way that an antidepressant would work, which is where you really have to kind of persevere with it and you start off slowly and you build it up in your system over time. Yeah. And if you want to come off it, you have to kind of gradually come off it. And so, and you have to take it every day, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, it's not like just as and when you need it, which was the appeal of stimulants. For example, like if, you know, that you had something that you really needed to do work-wise or something you had to study for, then you could take one of those pills and that would help. And then at the weekend, if you didn't want to take them, you didn't need to. Okay. So I think like that kind of like is something I'm, I, I think about sometimes when I'm like, oh, do I really want to be taking this? It's a bit of a commitment. When, when do I stop taking it? Like, um, am I going to be on this drug forever? I don't want to be on drugs forever. Um, but I'm more just trying to focus on it as like, it's a stepping stone just now until I get better tools to like, um, manage your ADHD. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, um, what about like comorbidities? Like you said, you, you kind of been learning about ADHD and stuff. Have you kind of identified any sort of more comorbidities and stuff like that? And if you have, have they changed with the medication? like anxiety or, or um, sensory or anything else like that? Yeah, it's maybe a bit too early to say, but um, hmm, it is interesting. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm obviously just disclo disclosing quite a lot. But, um, I uh, Don't disclose anything you're not comfortable with. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, the, so I also have like what, what I think is like body dysmorphia disorder. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's also related to my OCD. I think they're the same thing, essentially. I either have like prefixations on like mess and tidying up my house and things being like in the right place. And you know, like if, I, if I've been away working for like a week or something, I come back and Ross has moved something in the house, it really upsets me yeah I'll, I'll, I'll notice it as soon as I walk in and it, and the only way I can describe how that feels is I mean I've never been robbed I've never had somebody break into my house and go through my stuff and steal stuff but that's kind of how it feels it feels like somebody's invaded my space yeah when I've not been there um and um 
yeah it feels like a huge intrusion um and I noticed that like in terms of times when I've been running late or when I've been really stressed with thoughts and anxieties I'll I'll tidy up I'll clean yeah I do too yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like you're trying to control something totally. you think about a control so you're trying to control something yeah totally um and I used to think like you know when I was younger like I don't want this problem fixed because I actually quite like being a tidy and neat and organized person in that respect. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get that fixed because then what if I become a slob? <laughs> and what if I become like, you know, like a really messy person? Like that's not going to help me. And, um, you know, that's just something I don't want to be. I'm quite happy that I'm like that because it brings me peace to have everything in its right place and be organized and yeah. helps me think better, I think. Um, but I think I've started to notice the correlation between that OCD um, or like hyperfixation on things being a certain aesthetic and how that's also um, I'm applying the same metric to my appearance. Oh, okay. And I think I've I've noticing like oh there it's the same it's the same demon if you like you know it's. The same voice in my head that says this isn't right this needs to be more organized and tidied up and squared away is the same analysis going on in my head when i look at like my face and i say that this isn't right um or i shouldn't look this way or you know my face isn't very symmetrical or my skin's bumpy or um yeah my body just isn't right in comparison to other people's or um yeah and i'm always checking and looking for flaws and what can be fixed and um i think it's the same the same part of my brain that's mm -hmm. like scanning the room for flaws or you know uh yeah so and that's obviously not good because that when it when it when i direct that energy onto my appearance um i lose a lot of time spent like researching things like procedures I can get done in my face or um like certain creams and potions and I don't know teeth whitening kits and mm -hmm. things I can do in my hair or like yeah um so I think then that 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 becomes like an obsession um and in the past I've had like an eating disorder and I got really into bodybuilding. I was like taking creatine and going to the gym like five days a week. And you know, these things like uh, just rob you of your time that you could have spent towards something that, you know, was meaningful to you. Yeah. That you know, like, I really want to like, I really want to go back to uni to get some structure back into my life. Um, I want to be more creative and do creative things, but when you've got obsessions like that and you've spent like literally two days and like looking at like like a like derma fillers and things you've like mm -hmm. you know you've spent a lot of research and a lot of energy like misdirected away from like what you're actually passionate about you know like that, that's like for me though that's why it's so important to get a diagnosis that's because yeah. when you get a diagnosis you can start to understand yourself and now you've got a very good understanding of why you do that kind of stuff and that's the problem isn't it it's the negativity associated with that that's the problem that that impacts your life badly because yeah I love tidying up I love having a clean house and but then I hate it when people say to me oh you've got OCD come and clean my house and stuff and I'm like 
You yeah. do say that all the time. <laughs> the side, there's like a really bad flip side. There's a great side. Yeah. To it. Like anything in life, it's about balance, isn't it? And there's that nasty yeah. flip side. And you're like, I would gladly give up actually the tidiness to like not have that other side to it. Sometimes it feels like yeah. it's that side. It would it would be all right, but you can't. Yeah. Or what people say a lot is, oh, you're so tidy. Look at your house. It's so tidy. You must be judging my house right now. You must be, oh, yeah. don't look at Yes, you must do. You can't have you can't have ADHD it. as well because you're so tidy. I mean, people yeah. have the stereotypes people have got. You know, or you yeah. can get to an appointment on time, or you, you know, and it's like really. That's yeah, your yeah. Of ADHD. yeah. Well, I I feel like all this cleanliness around the house and like me like wanting to have like a a tidy or neat appearance and a really neat like house and stuff. But on the inside, when I'm trying to organize my thoughts or be on time, that's chaos. Yeah. Do you know what I mean that's that to me that's a messy bedroom. My brain is a messy bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I've got like unfinished things lying around all over the place inside my head. I've got unfinished thoughts. I've got like, um, you know, things that are going stagnant and stale that really need washed. I've got like, <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm late and um, yeah, just complete chaos. Mm-hmm. And, and that side and like a lot of people for them that's represented like visually and like in terms of like their house and stuff but for me that's like all happening on the inside and on the outside it would look like a you know I know what I'm doing but actually inside I'm I'm really lost and confused yeah, and yeah. nothing's organized and that's the hardest thing isn't it it's trying to get other yeah. people to understand that so if you're like out trying to do something and your anxiety is particularly high or whatever like mine is all the time when I'm out the house it's just like yeah. and do you function like because you're constantly masking as well to try and you know appear semi-normal while you're kind of having this battle inside your head it's yeah. trying to make people understand how debilitating that is they don't yeah totally. yeah and like <laughs> I was on like the short film last week and um it was my first time back on set in a, in a really long time and I, I had a good time because I'm a real people person I'm a real extrovert and I, I realized how being in the company of others is so good for me and um and like I mean it's good for me but it, it, sometimes I am overanalyzing like every conversation I've had that day and really worried about how I come across to other people so that's definitely something like I really need to work on um, so again you're like all the goodness you have from being with people and that is kind of counteracted by then you go home and analyze it and yeah and... yeah and and that's like analyzing is like something as well that I've in the past thought Oh, I don't really want to get rid of that because it's made me very good at things like um, it's made me really good at like, um, so I, I studied photography and film and it's made me good at like analysing films. Mm-hmm. It's made me good at like, um, you know, looking at a piece of art and saying like, what what's going on in this artwork and what, why have they, why have they chosen this colour? What does that, you know? like how is the lighting working here what is that kind of saying to us how's that speaking to us and um you know like when I did higher English as well like I was really good at analysis right um so like and yeah it kind of it helps you think critically I guess um which is useful at times but um so anyway on this film set um I had a good time but I also forgot how how regularly people take pictures of each other because I'm because I don't do that really and um, I don't know me and my group of friends we maybe just don't do that that often or like 
you know, me and my partner, we, we've maybe, we've been going out for three years and I think we have two photos of us together. Wow. Um, I think we've taken two selfies in that time. <laughs> um, but I, I forgot that kind of like on a film set, like behind the scenes is like a really big part of like promoting the film. Right. Okay. So pictures of the crew doing their thing, everybody like working is like a whole part of the, the vibe and the whole part of the, that, that scene. And, um, when I got home from the film shoot, um, you know, people said, oh, there's a Dropbox with pictures that people took, I upload all your pictures from the week there. Mm -hmm. And I looked at some pictures of myself and I, oh, I literally just felt like distraught. Like I was like inconsolable. I was like, it really made me question what reality is. Um, I think I would get, to me, there's such a clear definition between what I see in the mirror photos that I have seen that I accept of myself and that I'm a bit I've taken of myself and then photos other people have taken of me even on like different cameras like I feel like it, it really like I can't just accept that like a DSLR takes a different photo to like a phone yeah and that like makes me look radically different I really kind of struggle with like questioning what the truth is then and well, that's it because you look like you can especially on a film camera you can look bigger than you are as well inside yeah totally yeah yeah so I think like it, it just made me really paranoid and then uh, again I lost like two days of like, my life just like obsessing over like what I was going to do to fix my appearance and um yeah instead of doing things that I'd actually like to be doing like a, applying for uni or yeah. like applying for funding for like creative things or um it kind of robs yeah. you of your life doesn't it that's how it feels sometimes yeah, yeah it really does um so I think because I've, I've spoke to my psychiatrist about this the, and she's prescribed me the ADHD meds and that's how, you know, my referral to her started. And I've since told her about, you know, the body dysmorphia thing and I've, I've got a referral for that. It's just going to take like a really long time until I get seen like, you know, any any professional help in the form of like CBT or something. Mm -hmm. um, but um, she kind of wishes she'd put me on like a different medication that was more for like the kind of meds that you would put somebody on who had OCD. Okay. Um, but she says you can't mix them. Um, so yeah, it's like... So you'd have to what, like gradually come off this to then gradually... Yeah, yeah. I took on something that was more like for that. Okay. Um, so it's a bit of a an awkward time <laughs> yes um and it can sometimes feel like oh god just give me a break um mm. yeah um so that's definitely yeah, so I think that's the problem as well you you've mentioned in that previous podcast that you just thought you were going to get diagnosed and then given a pill and everything I think it's hard when you realize then that this might be ongoing for a long time that's hard to accept isn't it yeah and I think as well like uh, I spoke to um, someone about this recently that was like, I went to like a kind of mental health peer support service that's local to me. And um, I was speaking to someone there and they said that like, it sounds like I've got like alphabet shame, <laughs> which they related to, um, you know, which is where I'm saying, so I've got ADHD. I've also got OCD slash BDD and I also have PTSD. Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've got all the letters just in different yeah. ways. What do I do? <laughs> um, so like, and then that becomes that becomes really disorientating and overwhelming as to what to focus on. And 
you just kind of feel like you're like, oh my God, people won't believe me. You know, like I won't, people will just think you just want all the problems. You just think you've got all the problems and you know, it sounds a bit far-fetched. Um, I, I feel like that with Logan when I'm, t- when I'm saying about all his illnesses and that, cause it's just yeah. like, and there isn't even like, you know, shortenings of Tourette's and stuff. You have to say the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're saying these big long things as well. Yeah, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think it becomes quite shameful. I feel like, well, I feel personally like I'm like, oh, you know, like, um, people are going to think I'm at it or something, or like. But it's because that, that people have got there's yeah. better techniques for like understanding this stuff now. That's why you're getting diagnosed with all yeah. the different things. Yeah. I think as well, like it might be a cause and effect kind of situation going on. I feel like they all have to be connected. Yeah, like for I sure. That last year, that I was like, I can't have five separate mental health conditions. They all have to be connected in some way. Just in the same way that, like, um, just in the same way that, like, say you broke your leg, and um, because you broke your leg, you're like, you know, you're bed, you're 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 like you're lying down for a long length of time. So because of that, you might develop, um, a like what's what's it called where you um you get bed thrombosis and stuff you might develop that yeah and then because of the fact that you've broken your leg you're um you're like maybe going to get like arthritis because you're not moving that joint as much or um you're going to get depressed which is then going to affect your sleep you're going to have bad sleep maybe then because you're stressed about not being able to do the hobbies you enjoy or whatever you might get you might get skin flare-ups or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it might be, like, how some people's mental health... or it's some related, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like, one condition can then cause another condition, which can cause another condition, which can cause another condition, or exactly... That's about something you didn't even yeah. know you had. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's maybe the the cause, like, what's going on. Like, I've, I've done, like, a kind of lot of reading about how the connections between ADHD and trauma... And um, I kind of identify with those connections a lot, like in terms of like how the, how maybe like living your life in fight or flight mode has then contributed to me being all the time in flight mode. And I'm, I've lived life at a high intensity. Yeah. Um, and because I've got this high intensity, I'm like a hyper person and I'm because maybe I'm stressed with like things that were going on in childhood, I've learned to just like daydream, like and become distracted. I've not been able to concentrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I, f- I feel like that kind of, that could be what's happened. And then I don't know, maybe then because of like the PTSD, like um, the, my way of controlling and having some control over like, the chaos that was going on when I was younger that caused the PTSD was to like, um, you know, fixate on what I was eating or not eating or fixate on my appearance. And that was something I can control or, um, yeah. Cause I, I definitely noticed that like with the tidying thing, it's like a controlling thing. It's a calming thing. It's a, a way of mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. A coping mechanism. It's it exacerbates you. It's like, um, the same as it does the same thing that biting your nails would do you know yeah. um so like and, and then that like they all feedback loop on each other as well so like sometimes when i'm running late i'm stressed that i'm running late i'm like here we go again i'm gonna be late i'm gonna disappoint this person i'll disappoint myself i can never be true to my word 
why can't I just get places on time? Why can't I be organized? And then I'll start tidying up in my house and I'll be like, oh, now I'm making myself even more late. And I'm aware that I'm tidying, mm-hmm. but I'm like, what are you doing? You're running late and now you're like smoothing out the wrinkles and like a blanket on the couch. Like you don't need to do that. Just get outside and get in the car and get to work. But I'm like, I think my brain's like trying to self-soothe really quickly. Yeah. So it's like, what can we do to alleviate the stress? We can, oh, we'll tidy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, um, cause that we can control that, you know? So I think, yeah, they're all definitely connected. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I was going to ask you like, um, for the last bit of this particular podcast, um, oh. I mean, you've already spoken about loads of things, but kind of since your diagnosis, what you've learned about yourself, I guess, and has what you've learned changed the way you now live your life? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a really deep question. <laughs> um, so what have I learned about myself? Um, yeah, I think like, well, recently what's been on my mind that I've kind of recently kind of connected dots with is that like, I really internalize a lot of things. Like, um, I'll maybe like internalize that like I think people are mad at me or disappointed in me or that what people think of me or like if someone else in my company is upset I'll internalize that and that will make me quite anxious or I can pick up on other people's anxieties sort of very easily um and like I've but I've also I've also learned a lot about like like through like the support group and doing the course that we did with Lorna, I've learned like, you know, about the way my brain works differently. And um, even some really interesting stuff that like, um, I I don't know if I learned this on the course or if I learned this somewhere else by reading something, but um, like, I feel my most depressed in the morning. Like I've really struggled with mornings and I always thought that was something to do with like, uh, kind of the trauma of growing up with ADHD and like having to be at school on time. Mm-hmm. I was never at school on time. Every single day of school, I was late. I don't know if I mentioned that in the previous podcast, but because I was late, then that caused more problems at school because mm-hmm. I'd arrive and the, you know, I'd arrive for like, I'd be late for registration. So I'd have to go to um, the office and get a late slip. And the office staff would ignore me for 10 minutes as a punishment for being late. And then that would make me really mad and really upset. And then I'd be late for my next class. I'd be 10 minutes late for my first class and I'd get in trouble for my first class. And then there'd be an atmosphere with that teacher. So the whole, every day of school was just off to a bad start. Right. And then I'd also follow up with my mum in the morning because I was running late. I'd follow up my sister because I'd make her late because my mum would drive us to school. Um, and reasons why I was late was because like, I didn't feel like I was quite, I was, I was so overwhelmed with mm. like school. And I was just so like, a like getting fixed like I get the way I can describe the way that when I'm getting ready is like I get stuck on a certain task okay I maybe get stuck on that task because I feel like you know even when I'm brushing my teeth I need to feel like my teeth are clean like so I'll brush them until I feel like they're clean and I do it for about the same time each time um and that's like an obsessive thing as well or like I'll I need to maybe be happy with my appearance before I feel like I'm done getting ready yeah um so like or I'll tidy up and that'll make me <laughs> like yeah. I need to make my bed if I don't make my bed in the morning before I leave the house that says something really bad about me or something bad's going to happen that day or um so these are all kind of obsessive compulsive kind of thoughts and they're quite they're quite intrusive as well um 
and so like um yeah because like I have a history of like waking up in the morning and being like oh my god like ready steady go quick 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 or you're going to be late um and I think now I wake up in the morning and I feel so down I feel so like oh my god I should have gotten up earlier even though it's like half eight I'm still like really telling myself that's not good enough or oh my god what's the plan for today you know like what am I gonna how am I gonna structure my day what's my priority first right um you know do I have breakfast first do I do yoga first do I go in the shower first like I just struggle with these simple things you know um or like if I need to be somewhere I'm like right what do I do first and in what order and how long does each task require because I've got really bad time blindness so I might think I can shower in 10 minutes the reality is it takes me like sometimes 40 minutes to shower um or I think I can quickly make breakfast and eat it but then the reality is like actually it takes like five minutes 10 minutes to maybe make like a bowl of porridge and then it takes like 10 minutes to eat it otherwise you're just going to rush it and then you're going to like get an upset stomach you know all these kind of things mm -hmm. um so I used to think like that's why I woke up and I was really depressed in the morning because of that overwhelm but yeah. I recently learned that like our bodies produce cortisol to wake us up mm. and that's the reason you wake up in the morning because your body puts cortisol in your bloodstream like your hormones are produced mm -hmm. in order to like uh, to shock the body into a weakness um like that it's almost like a wee hit of adrenaline okay but it's like i don't know i, I can't remember the exact science but that can make you depressed well, <laughs> like if you're already super anxious that's the last thing you need isn't it yeah exactly so that's why with people who are depressed or anxious um mornings can be exceptionally tough okay because you're already getting that extra cortisol just that your body produces in order to wake you up because you need to be stressed awake basically as your as your body's thinking like um right. so um yeah like just learning wee things like that i guess can like help to be like okay it's not me it's i need to just accept that's like strange biology <laughs> or like um i just need to like there's a reason for that or something or <laughs> um and I think as well, the biggest thing I've learned is from the support group is that like, I'm not the only one that struggles with all these things. I think a lot of the time it can feel like it's just me because uh, we spend so much of our lives wrapped up in our own heads and our own lives. And like, especially when you like, if I'm spending a lot of time by myself, I can think that everyone else is out. They're working really hard. They managed to get to work today on time. They're really organized. Everyone's killing it, you know, and I'm like, the only one that's like feeling like oh my god I must be mentally insane that I can't do these things um so going to the support group and hearing like so often I'm on those calls and I'm like clicking my fingers like yes I do that oh my god you're like it's like you've like yeah like you've been like you've you've written my diary for me or something mm -hmm. um because some people say things that I just resonate with so much yeah um so I think that's probably the biggest thing. And I, I could probably do a lot better to remind myself that like, it's not just me. And I think also that reinforces like, um, you know, like if you've ever doubted that you have ADHD and that like, you know, like if I'm like, oh, do I really have ADHD? Is it maybe just anxiety? Is it maybe just OCD? Is it maybe just, you know, PTSD from childhood? I think when I hear other people talking about the things that how their ADHD affects them, I'm like, yeah, I definitely have ADHD. Mm -hmm. 
um, and I shouldn't like like be constantly doubting that and scrutinizing myself you know and over analyzing it yeah. um, I struggle in all the ways that these people are talking about like I really resonate with what they're saying so yeah um those might be some of the biggest things I've learned is that like well I think I also the thing I've learned the most is there's always more to learn yeah. <laughs> like there's always more research to do there's so many there's so much research especially being done on ADHD and it's a correspondence with like female hormones whether that's like your ADHD is worse on your period or it's worse like it changes or it gets becomes worse when you go through menopause or I mean there's so much research being done on that which is amazing yeah um, and then there's loads of like you know research on like um like the 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 similarities between ADHD and autism or yeah. um ADHD and trauma or um especially just ADHD and women in general so um yeah I think there's been all that that I've learned in in a very short space of time and to finish that like sometimes as well I need to remind myself that I was only diagnosed in 2019 and I didn't join a support group and start doing any research or learning anything about ADHD until like 2021 so that's only been two years so I try and like you know like if like if you were diagnosed with any kind of like condition you would that's not been enough time to really like let that settle in you know and to to manage it and like you said it's complicated because all those abilities that come with it interact with it all in a different way and especially when you're a woman it all changes hormonally as well I mean wow it's like a constantly changing platform (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 and even like some of the things that I do that are maybe more like leaning towards the more autistic side of the spectrum like um like I never noticed that I avoid eye contact quite a lot until I learned that was like a a trait of that or um just looking back at silly weird things that I did when I was a child <laughs> I'm like all oh, right that makes sense um so yeah like the more you learn I guess the the less of a hard time you can give yourself yeah um and then yeah like you could kind of dis- discern like whether like like what what is the most in what ways does my ADHD affect me the most and then from there kind of work on like okay maybe what's helped other people with this problem what what kind of coping strategies have they found or um yeah are there any kind of toolkit based stuff that I can do for that specific thing Mm-hmm. um so I think I'm still got loads of work to do on that but yeah well that all sounds great thank you for speaking about all that and being so honest and stuff and um we'll end this podcast now and then start the oh. next podcast because that's a brilliant place there's a brilliant segue there you just went into like the next one's meant to be talking about so the support group and strategies that you've found that work and turning it around into a more positive I guess because it's been I mean, it's hard, isn't it? This is it's such a it, debilitating is the best word I can think of for it because it can be, you know, that this condition can be that. And it's yeah. nice for people to actually hear that there maybe are some positives or that the support groups do work or that, that you know, there's things you can do. So it'll be yeah. good to talk about that after all this. <laughs> That's quite yeah. cool. <laughs> after that, like... <laughs> cool. Okay, well, we'll see everybody in podcast three then. 
This podcast was brought to you by Nicola Foley and Buzzsprout. Music by Zapsplat.